Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Hey, I'm excited once again. I packed a lot into this next series. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to listen to it over and over and over again so that you can extrapolate everything that I'm saying with this series. And I want to keep it as a cliffhanger for you. So get out your pens, your Bibles, and start writing because we are going to really pour into your life and take your life to the next level of success and prosperity. Stay tuned. So we're moving through all of these characteristics that make great people great. Here's one that I really want you to understand and is number 12, stewardship, stewardship. We hear a lot, we hear a lot in the church about stewardship and I really want to do a proper treatment and, and do stewardship as a series all by itself. So I'm not going to take too much time to unpack this. But stewardship is not just about managing money, but it's managing all the resources that God has given you. And just by doing a drive-by is, is opportunity, relationships, finances, gifts, your mind, um, what other, others call failure, um, that you, you need to steward your failure and your gifts and talent. And this is just a drive-by, like I said. And uh, we're going to do a proper treatment of this, but that was number 12. Number 13, we're going to go through this one, and I'm going to sit with this for a few minutes. Um, I preached uh, this before, but I want to just sit here and park here and really begin to talk about knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. So number 13 is spiritual identity. Very important. When we talk about knowing who you are, there's a series of I am's. There's a lot of books that have written about I am. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I'm a child of God. But I want to share with you what those means and what each one of them mean and give you the scriptures to substantiate what we are talking about. So your spiritual identity, identity is who you are in the natural. It's all of the contributing factors. Um, it's all of the, I call it genetic matter that makes you, you. It's all of that. Um, and it's your dreams, your gifts, your talents, your personality, your temperament. But then when you get to spiritual identity, it's not just about who you are, but who you are in Christ Jesus. So let's see if we can just jump straight in here. I am the salt of the earth. The scripture says in Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth. What does that mean? It addresses morality, your morality. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14, it addresses your intelligence. You're bringing insight. I am a child of God. John chapter 1, verse 12, addresses your identity as a child of God. You are a part of the vine, a channel of Christ's love. This addresses community. You, you can't do anything. You're a part of the true vine. You're a part of the vine of Christ. But there are other branches that's a part of it and that speaks about you being a part of a community. I am Christ's friend. John 15, 15 addresses your interpersonal relationship that you have with Christ Jesus. I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear his fruit. This is addressing your spirituality. I'm a slave of righteousness. This is Romans 
uh, at 618, addresses your lifestyle. I mean, you know, it's all about right living. I am not enslaved to my past, but enslaved to God. Romans 622 addresses your freedom and liberty. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I am skilled. Genesis 36 and 1 addresses your giftedness. I am a leader addresses your dominance. The Bible says you are the head and not the tail. You are first and not last. First uh, speaks about your greatness. It addresses your greatness. Um, you, the Bible says that you are global influencers. He, he even says to Jeremiah, I'm going to set you on high above every nation. And this is, addresses your level of global impact. I am heaven's representative, addresses your status. You are a creative being because you have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. It addresses your creativity. And you're a forward thinker. The Bible speaks about, I know the plans I have towards you. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, thoughts of good, not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. That makes you a forward thinker. I am powerful. Luke chapter 10, verse 27, addresses your influence. You are loved. I am loved. Uh, um, John 3, 16, addresses your significance. You are wise. This is from out of the book of Isaiah, addressing the spirit uh, shall come upon you, the spirit of wisdom, might, counsel, knowledge, understanding. It addresses your level of intelligence. I am cooperative with the will of God. Um, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This, this speaks about your level of consecration, you know, d d cooperating with the will of God. And then uh, it talks about you, us being a giver, given it shall be given to you. You're, you're, you're a benefactor. And then you're a trailblazer. You know, God said, behold, I do a new thing. That makes you a trailblazer. And then I am a son of God. Um, and Romans 8, 14 and 15, I am joint ears with Christ, speaks about and addresses your wealth, your wealth. Romans 8, 17, I am a temple dwelling place of God. The spirit of God dwells on the inside of me. First Corinthians 3, 16, 6 to 19. This addresses your level of sanctification. I am united to the Lord. I am one with his spirit. This addresses the whole idea of unity. First Corinthians 6, uh, uh, 17. I am a member of Christ's body. First Corinthians 12, 27 and Ephesians 5, 30. What does that mean? It means that you are relevant. It addresses your relevance. Uh, Second Corinthians 5, 17 calls you a new creature that addresses your paradigm. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 18 to 19. I am reconciled to God. I'm a minister of reconciliation. It, it addresses your ministerial responsibility. All of us are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel not just pastors and not just evangelists. We're all called. This is your ministerial responsibility. Think of ministerial responsibility, not from a religious perspective, 
but from a governmental portfolio that God gives all of us. And you want to make sure that you understand that you have a governmental portfolio that places you front and center stage. This is your ministerial responsibility. Some of us have uh, educational portfolio, defense portfolio, that will be someone engaged in prayer and spiritual warfare, or actually in the military. Um, there is um, scientific portfolios. Um, there is cultural portfolios. All of us are given a portfolio. I am a son of God and one in Christ that addresses your heritage. I am a saint. First uh, uh, Corinthians 1 and 2 addresses your virtuosity. I am God's workmanship, his handiwork, born anew um, in Christ to do his work. Ephesians 2 and 10 addresses your uniqueness. I am a fellow citizen with the rest of God's family. Ephesians 2 19 addresses your citizenship, your citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians 3 1 addresses your level of submission to God. Ephesians 4 24 addresses your purity, your pure individual. This is your identity, who you are in Christ. Philippians 3 and 20, I am a citizen of heaven. In other words, you have dual citizenship, the citizenship in your country and the citizenship of heaven. So that means that every born again believer has dual citizenship. And that's exciting to me when we think about that, that you're a dual citizen. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. Ephesians 2 and 6 addresses your level of authority. He is, he, Jesus was raised far above principalities and powers. And as long as you maintain your identity, you are lifted far above principalities and powers too. I am hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3 and 3 addresses your protection. You are protected. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You're protective. I am an expert of the life of Christ because he is my life. Colossians 3 and 4 addresses greatness. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly beloved. Colossians 3 and 12, 1 Thessalonians addresses your election and selection. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 5 addresses your relevance and significance. I am a son of light and not of darkness. You're very relevant in this world. Let your light so shine before man that man will see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. You are a citizen of, of, of light and not of darkness. That uh, addresses your distinction. God places a distinction upon you. You're a distinguished gentleman. You're a distinguished lady. Um, uh, Hebrews 3 and 1, I am a holy partaker of a heavenly calling, addresses your vocation. I am a partaker of Christ. Hebrews 3, 14, I share in his life. This addresses your healthiness. You know, um, 1 Peter 2 and 5, I am one of God's living stone built up in Christ as a holy house addresses your important. You cannot have uh, the temple of God without you being in it. So you're important to the bigger scheme of things. The Bible says you're a member of a chosen race, royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own uh, possession. This addresses your royalty. That's 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Um, uh, 1 Peter 2 and 11 addresses your diplomacy. I am an alien and a stranger to this world in 
which I'm temporarily living. So this is your diplom diplomacy. You have diplomatic immunity um, and ambassadorialship as well. I am an enemy of the devil. First Peter 5 and 8 addresses your power. First uh, John 3, 1 to 2, I am a child of God and I resemble Christ when he returns, addresses your likeness. Um, and even when you read about being uh, like Jesus, you remember John in the book of Revelation, he ascends and the angels or his fellow, um, one of his fellow, um, one, one of his fellow brethren was bowing to him because he thought that he was Jesus. And so we have the likeness of Jesus Christ. And then first John 5, 18, I am born of God and, and the evil one or the devil cannot touch me. It addresses your security. I am what I am. Exodus 3:14. I am what I am. That addresses your unique personality and your authentic self. First Corinthians 15 and 10. And, uh, I have been justified completely, forgiven and made righteous, righteous. Romans five. This is addressing your justification as an individual. Romans six, one to six. I died with Christ and died to the power of sin's rule over my life. Addresses the fact that old things are passed away. All things become new. Um, Romans eight and one, I am free forever from condemnation addresses divine approval. And then first Corinthians one I have been placed into Christ by God's doing addresses your privilege. And then, uh, first Corinthians two and 12, 12, this addresses your wealth, your wealthy. I have received the spirit of God into my life that I may know the things freely given to me. And the Bible says that God God has given us all things freely. First uh, Corinthians two sixteen. I have been given the mind of Christ. This addresses your intelligence, your intellect. I have been bought with a price. I am not my own. This is First Corinthians six nineteen to twenty. Means that you have been bought by God. You belong to God. Second um, Corinthians one twenty one. Ephesians one thirteen to fourteen addresses your security. You're secure in God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God in Christ and have been given the Holy Spirit as a pledge guarantee for our inheritance to come. So you've got a pledge guarantee. You're secure. That's your insurance. It's assurance of your insurance. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15, since I have died, I no longer live for myself, but for Christ. And uh, I love this second Corinthians five and 21. I have been given, I have been made righteous. Second Corinthians five and 21 addresses your decency and your irreproachability. And then Galatians two and 20 addresses your, um, a reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy 
that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at GlobalPropheticCenter.com. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to SchoolOfTheSpirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. Ability in Christ Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ and it, and, and, and I'm no longer, is no longer me or the old me, but Christ that lives in me and the love, life that I now live, I live it in Christ Jesus. That means that you live, have an alternative reality to those that are not born again. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 and 3 addresses your abundance. Uh, I have, I was chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and I'm without blame before him. Ephesians uh, chapter one, verse four, it addresses your impactability. And then uh, Ephesians one and five, I was predestined, determined by God to be adopted as God's son or God's daughter, addresses your destiny. Ephesians one and seven, I have been redeemed and forgiven and I am a recipient of his lavish grace, addresses your advantage as well as your privilege again. Ephesians two and five, I have been made alive together with Christ, addresses your vitality. Ephesians two and six, I've been raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places, addresses your elevation and your eminence. And Ephesians 2, 18, I have direct access to God through the spirit addresses your enablement and your empowerment. The Holy Spirit is your empowerment specialist. And then Ephesians 3 and 12, I may approach God with boldness, freedom and confidence addresses your fearlessness and your bravery and your confidence. God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and soundness of mind. You're a brave individual. You're a fearless individual, and you have confidence. And then Colossians 1.13, I have been re rescued from the domain of Satan's rule and transferred to the kingdom of Christ, addresses your naturalization status in the kingdom of God. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. The debt against you has 
has been canceled. Colossians 1, chapter 14, Colossians 2, chapter 14, that addresses your status. You are debt free. And it's just going to be a matter of time before that declaration and that identity is going to come to pass because God said, I'm going to multiply you a thousand times more, even as you are. And so I'm decreeing and declaring you are debt free. Colossians 2 and 7, I am firmly rooted in Christ and am now being built up in him. This addresses the fact that every day in every way you are getting stronger and better in Jesus Christ. And then Colossians 2 and 10, I've been made complete in Christ. That addresses your wholeness, mentally, spiritually, all of it. And then Colossians 2 and 11, I have been spiritually circumcised, addresses your covenant relationship with God. He's a covenant making, covenant keeping with God, covenant keeping, covenant making God. Colossians 2, 12 to 13, I have been buried, raised and made alive. Oh my God, that, uh, that addresses your resurrected state um, in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3, 1 to 4, I died with Christ. I've been raised up with Christ. My life is now hidden with Christ in God. Christ is now my life, addresses your dominion. And uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, I've been given the spirit of, uh, I've been given the spirit of power, love, and discipline. This addresses your mental health. You are mentally healthy. And 2 Timothy 1 and 9, I've been saved and set apart according to God's uh, uh, doing, addresses your distinction. And this is who you are in Christ. And then I love this one, Second Peter 1 and 4. I have been given exceeding great and precious promises by God, by which I'm a partaker of God's divine nature, addresses your spiritual inheritance. When we deal with the whole idea of identity, you've got to ask the question, when you got saved, what did God place in you? Who did God make you to, to be? All things are passed away, the old you, and all things become new. And this takes me to number 14 to talk about personal brand. And personal brand is important. And in this season, crafting your personal brand is going to be important. Your brand is your reputation, is the sum total of your words, your characteristic, your behavior, your habits, your actions, your reaction, your responses, your dress code, your style, your hairstyle, your achievement, your experience, your education, your accomplishment. You put it all together and this makes your social capital. It creates your digital footprint, your audio voice print, your mental image. Your brand is the mental image that people have of you and the emotional attachment to that image and in this season, it is important that you get involved with God. You begin to develop your brand. Your brand is going to help you in all areas of your life. It's going to help you to pilot your professional, emotional, social, spiritual destiny. Your brand is either going to open doors for you or close doors to you. Your brand has the power to give you influence or restrict the influence. Your brand will assist you in promotion and be before you don't believe, uh, before you believe that this is just a modern thing, it is not. 
God himself will become your PR specialist. God said, listen, Abraham, I'm going to give you a great name. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make your name great. And we're talking about giving him a standout personal brand. So in this season, you got to do your brand work. And I'm going to park that one to the side and I'm going to give it its proper treatment as well. I want to walk you through the Bible and show you how God branded and rebranded people and how just from the name alone, how Solomon used the brand equity of his father in order to conduct business on a global level. And Solomon had such a great name. His name alone opened doors for him. And so we want to talk about brand, brand positioning and all of that for you and help you to understand why this is important. When you think about brand, Stephen Jobs, enough said, enough said, branding is important. The next one is preceptivity, which is important. Preceptivity, this is your vantage point. And um, your vantage point will give you an advantage over competition if your vantage point is from God's vantage point. And I know I, I said a lot there, but Genesis 50, verse 19 to 20, the Bible says, verse 19, and Joseph said unto them, fear not, for I am in a place in God. This is his vantage point. So he could have said, oh, I hate you. I'll never forgive you for what you did for me. But he elevated the conversation and he said, from God's vantage point, listen, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So you're going to see your life from a different vantage point. I love Matthew 5 and 8 that says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. You are going to see God at work. You're going to see um, God working in everything. No matter what you're going going through, you're going to see God. You're going to see God in the storm. You're going to see God in the battle. God is going to give you eyes that see and he's going to give you purity of heart um, so that you can see God at work. All things are going to work together for good. Number 16 is receptivity. Um, receptivity is you being open to the word of God, you being open to change, you being sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the prophetic promptings. You know, receptivity is about being open, open, open to change, open to the word of God, open to the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 11, 11 and 12 says, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang, um, sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many of the stars, the sky in, the mul- in multitude and as the sand, which is by the seashore in- innumerable. So could it be that her closed mind closed her womb? And could it be when she opened her mind to this divine possibility that God had given her as a result of prophetic word, it opened up her womb, receptivity. Through faith, Sarah herself received. She became receptive to the word of the Lord over her life. Philippians 2, 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let God work. Now, number 17, let me give you one more. These individuals had cognitive flexibility, and I know that's a big word. So cognitive flexibility means the ability of an individual to be open to new ideas and possibilities and perspective. It's about, it's about, engaging in innovation. It's about 
um, setting trends versus following trends. It's about acquiring skills um, by interacting with people who have different perspectives, different cultures, different skill sets. It's about um, different individuals having different thoughts and ideas and actions and opinions and emotions, and then coming together and challenging one another to think differently, to see things differently. And it's a part of innovation, um, and it requires a lot of creativity and logical thinking. It requires cultural competence. It requires emotional intelligence and skills with a heavy, heavy dose of effective public relations. So when we talk about that level of cognitive flexibility, you're gonna hear more and more and more why this is a skill set that is for the 21st century. And if you're gonna lead, if you're gonna shift, if you're gonna, if you, you really believe that you're next in line, it's gonna require a lot of flexibility. I know this year was one that I was challenged in every area and it required a lot of flexibility where I was concerned. And it's easier said than done, and it really sounds nice when you throw these words out, but when you're being processed um, and when you're, you're, you're in the mix with, the, with, with God, it's, it's a challenging thing. Philippians 2 um, and 5 says, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus, who being uh, in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. This is really about uh, cognitive flexibility. It was not just a spiritual thing, but it was also about being flexible in the realm of the spirit. Um, Isaiah 43 and 19 says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it spring. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So, you know, one person can say, oh, this is a, a, a wasteland and this is a wilderness. But for you to have cognitive flexibility to cooperate with God until he brings the streams, until he brings order in the wilderness, then, you know, sometimes you will miss God. And number 18 is intentionality. Um, I like this because when, when you have vision, goals, dreams, strategy, then every single day you got to wake up with the intentions of starting something and finish what you start. So what I want you to do with this particular one, and I do another treatment with this, give an assignment to every hour of your day. Live according to specific time frames. This is what I'm going to do this time and that time. And then live a li leave a little um, wiggle room for emergencies or things like that. But when we talk about living intentionally, it means that you're living strategically and deliberately. And what I'm, you know, like I said, I have a coaching um, company and I really have to push people, number one, to write their vision. And then number two, and to sweat the details of the bucket list, 101 things that I want to do before I die. And it's hard. I mean, you know, it took me um, to write my first vision, took me about six months. And to write my first bucket list, it took me about three months. I had to work at it, work at it. I had to strain and ask God to help me, help me to see my future. What should I be doing now? And now I only operate in time frames. There's a time for everything under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. And this is all about intentionality. Is that, is that 
uh, particular concept in the Bible? Absolutely. Luke 14, 28 to 35. For which of you intending, this is intentionality now, to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counted the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that build it be, uh, begin to mock him, saying, this man began a building and was not able to finish it. A white king going to war uh, against another king, sitteth not down first and consulted whether he is able to do with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. This is so important. This is the law of intentionality. Intentionality helps with time management. It means that, you know, you make a promise to yourself. Now, here's the caveat. If we're talking about character building, when you say, I intend to do something, you write it down as a goal. And then you use that goal and you make that activity a project. A project has a start date and a finish date. And you don't wiggle out of that unless you have competing priorities. And a lot of us, I know I have a lot of competing priorities. I have in my mind, oh, I'm going to finish this today. And then something else happens and something else happens. I might have to do something with the business or the ministry or uh, the family and some of the timelines that I have, it, it, it might um, go to the next day or something like that, but I intend to finish it. So intentionality is attached to your integrity. So that means if you keep setting goals, setting goals, and you don't finish those goals, you have an integrity issue. You have a character issue. But when you complete it, this is personal and private gains. This is how you build character by making a promise to yourself and keeping that promise to yourself and never wiggling out of it. And especially when God gives you an assignment, here's the, here's the caveat. Um, there were some things that God might instruct you to do, but you might not have to do it. And I think about Abraham. He intended to offer his son as a um, sacrifice, that was his intention. And as far as God was concerned, he did it. So which of you intend? And then God gave him the resources at the end of it. So intention magnetizes your spirit to draw the resources necessary for you to fulfill it. So if something doesn't get done, you've got to go all the way back and ask yourself, did I really intend it? intend to do it. It's like people that you invite to church and they say they're trying. Oh, I'm going to try to come. That means they're not going to do it. I'm trying to lose weight. You're not going to do it. Do you intend to? And so you've got to use this word intention. And so the next one is celebrity status or the stat status of celebrity. These great people were taken into celebrity status don't be afraid of this word. I'm not talking about people that um, are influencers just because they influence. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it from a divine perspective. And I did a huge treatment of this um, because that celebrity status is actually activated by the first fruit. And, um, and it, it just simply says um, who and what you honor determines who honors you. And so when you give your first fruit, you're honoring God and God will honor you. Isaiah 61 and three, 
The Bible said to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Gar garment um, is this word ma'atai, ma'atai. And it, it's the Hebrew word um, uh, that is attached to a garment of praise. That word praise is tahila. It means that people are singing praises about you or they're adoring you or um, it's an act of prob uh, public and um, act of public uh, um, acknowledgement of your greatness. You know, it, it means that they see you as someone great, someone that's influential, someone that is renowned, someone that is famous and uh, someone that is worth praising or worth honoring or worth holding in high esteem, someone that is worth distinction or eminence or prominence or worthy of celebrity status, someone that is notable. And so when we talk about celebrity status and God bringing you into a realm of celebrity status so that you can um, uh, enlarge your territory and thus enlarge your influence, these movers and shakers and history makers, all of them were taken by God into a, a, a realm where they were celebrated. Their books were celebrated. Their music was celebrated. And you can think about anybody, their art, their painting, their sermons, their speeches, their poetry. They were celebrated from that. And God wants to give you that status as well. Thank you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.